So we begin with Exodus, a journey that perhaps may last more than a year. Exodus is a continuation of Genesis. The Torah, the first five books, was actually one book, but it was divided so that it would be easier to read or even analyze. The 70 descendants of Jacob who migrated to the protected womb of Egypt, we call it protected womb, womb, as in the womb of a woman, because they would be birthed there as a nation. They grew to probably between two to three million people. They were about to be birthed as a nation with laws, and it will happen here in the book of Exodus. But there would be birth pains. Remember, in Canaan, they were very much tempted with intermarriage. And God wanted to protect them from the idolatrous intermarriage that was happening in Canaan. But in Egypt, the Egyptians did not want to marry somebody who crossed the river. Therefore, Egyptians did not intermingle with the Hebrews, with the sons of Israel. Therefore, their race was preserved as God would want it. And they would not be influenced by idolatry as they were growing as a nation. The Exodus is believed to have happened in 1446 BC. However, there are some who contest that it was around 1290 BC. Well, this sermon is not about who I believe more. I'm just saying that there is a contention of the date. The word Exodus literally means to exit or escape. It may mean departure. The book of Exodus, take note, records the power of God. Before God would reveal himself to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, of course, before that, he would reveal himself to Noah, to Adam, to Noah. But Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were significant because they were considered the father of the patriarchs of Israel. And of course, he dealt miraculously through Joseph. <clears throat> we would see the power of God in a public display. Now, as a nation, in Genesis, it's more of God moving personally in people. And he does that today, but he also does the, uh, the corporate thing. When I say corporate multitude, as one body, like we in GCF Naga, we are one body. So when we worship together, when we pray together, we come to God together as one body. But in, in Exodus, he would still move through individuals like Moses, Aaron, and even Miriam. But he would deal with them as a nation. We would see God's deliverance. We would know God. He would reveal his name. He would reveal his name. There would be laws and how God must be worshipped would be established. And all this in the Old Testament would be called shadows. A shadow, shadows of what is to come, as the book of Hebrews in the New Testament say, says. It means it gives us a glimpse of Christ. Christ is the substance. The new covenant is the substance, what was promised. But the preparation for that would happen 
in Genesis, starting with Abraham, and now through the nation of Israel. The books show that God is in control. Please say, God is in control. God would use the king, the new king, for his purpose. There was a new king. You see, the previous generation already died. And uh, Joseph, his father, of course, and his brothers died. And then there were the descendants. So whenever you read the sons of Israel, actually it's the descendants of Israel. They all died and the next generation was now being prepared to leave Egypt. As God promised Abraham that they would be in a foreign country and then they would go back to the land of promise. So the previous generation died. Can you say it with me? We will all die one day. That is a reality. Amen? Amen. Amen. Can you smile with me and say, we're all going to die? <laughs> it's just reality. I'm hoping not soon, okay? I'm hoping not today, not tomorrow. I'm hoping long. I, I pray that we may all live long and prosper. However, everybody's going to die. That's why in Christ, as we carefully studied the book of Romans, you can actually experience an assurance if you will really have eternal life. And, and that is very important, which means we would not be afraid of death, even if death comes today. You see, I love you, my brothers and sisters. But if ever some of you I know have truly a strong, a real assurance of salvation, I believe in your genuine faith. So if you go, we would be sad because we won't see you for a while. But we would not be totally be sad because we know you are with the Father. Dr. Luis Pantoja, the, the former senior pastor of GCF Ortigas, was a friend of my father. And I was also, wor I worked with him. He was a mentor to me as well. When we received news of his death, my, my father told me, hey, Pastor Luis has passed away. We just smiled and said, oh, no, no big deal. Every generation will pass. That is why I take pains to prepare the next generation. I hope you take seriously the little acts I do preparing our next generation. I take the time. You know the stuff we teach them? The Bible. I even teach them how to pronounce in English. And uh, Elder Doy is going to even teach them how to cook. We taught them how to box, how to do jujitsu. We taught them how to do social dancing. And some of them whom we see faithful, we're teaching to earn right now. Because the vision is what? Be self-sufficient way before you graduate college. And I believe that is possible and that can be taught. And I have taught many before coming to this church. So I take the pains. So please take it seriously. Every little thing we teach you are all connected. If you keep missing a lot of them, I can't really help you. So I encourage fathers and mothers to make sure they are here every second and fourth Sunday of the month. I give my time. There is no fee. 
I do not get paid to do this. I just believe it is my obligation. The generation of today, the our obligation is to prepare the next generation. And hopefully they would be better than us. It is a father's gladness if his son or daughter is better than him. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Oh, you don't think so? Oh, yes. I hope your children are better than you. The next generation is important. But hey, how much of us do really give time to mentor? Really? What values have we taught? What values that can lead to success? What habits are we instilling? What are we modeling? The simple things of, of being on time, punctuality is a big thing, even in secular success, even success in the corporate world or in business. Offering value, speaking well of others is an important thing. Knowing how to socialize to a certain degree as long as you do not sin. How friendly are they when they meet new people or they would retreat to their cell phones and avoid the awkwardness of meeting others? If they're not being prepared for that, I'm telling you, you are putting them already at a disadvantage. But we are a team. Amen? Are we a team? You bring them here, make sure they're here. Give me a chance to share. Give me a chance to mentor them as a collective, as a group. But some of them will say to you, will be in uproar, but they're not here. They would be in some computer shop. We call them ninja moves. What they don't know, that I'm also a ninja. And uh, I could see clearly who's not there. And whenever I see one of the parents, I ask, why was he not there? Or why was she not there? Huh? They said he, they were there. Ah. You know that the wrath of God is revealed against those who disobey parents. Oh, Romans 1. It's, it's part of the, of the list. It's part of the list. If you die, will they be strong? Will they compromise? Some of us are overprotective. A little overprotecting the young people will only make them weak, very weak. Our children will be tempted. It's just good that we watch from a distance with a telescope. Well, don't let them know you're watching them. But ah, let me tell young people, no matter what you say to parents, they want to know what's happening with you. Why it's love and concern, but if you don't teach them to socialize, you don't teach them to fend off attackers or seducers, they have to be exposed and they have to learn how to reject it. But we can talk, we can coordinate. The next generation is important. The previous generation, they're dead. Please stop blaming the young people if we have not become models. Gentlemen and ladies, the burden for us is to model a life worth following. 
the way we speak, the way we work, the way we treat others, the way we are committed to Christ and his word that is necessary. Well, God will use this new king for his purpose. God is a God of purpose. The new king did not know Joseph. Joseph saved the world, saved Egypt. The ruler either did not appreciate history, or it was a new dynasty who did not care of the previous dynasty. So what happened? Let's go back to the text. So the new king was threatened by the growing number of Israelites. Number is might. In those days, a people, a race, a tribe that grows is a threat. So the Israelites were growing in number as God intended to bless them. As he said to Abraham, Abraham, look at the stars. When Abraham had no son yet, he said, look at the stars. Can you count them, Abraham? Can you count the sand, Abraham? Look at the sand, for one day your descendants shall be. Of course, Abraham only saw Isaac and Ishmael. Uh, actually, there were a few others, but it was really Isaac, one, which the promise would be manifested through Isaac. So he only saw one. Can you imagine the faith of Abraham? He believed. He believed God. You know, son, you're my only hope. Okay, he's talking to Isaac. Son, you're my only son, and you're my only hope so that we can become a mighty nation, all right? So what did the son do? He only had two children. Uh, maybe when Abraham was like, son, you should have more. Uh, Dad, I can't do more, all right? I just have two. The same way when I tell my children, I want 12 grandchildren, I tell them. And they keep negotiating. They said three apiece only. Why? Why three apiece? Uh, why not more? And, uh, of course, they gave me economic reasons in this day and age. Uh, the Egyptians perceived Israel to be mightier than them. It means they are more in number. They feared that they would become a military force and might side with their enemies. So for Pharaoh, for the new king, something had to be done. We have to stop this growth process. We have to stop this multiplication process. So let us deal craftily with them. So he thought if they were given a lot of work, they would not have time to be intimate with one another. Therefore, no baby-making activities. That's where he was wrong. Therefore, the new king set taskmasters over them and used Israel as a labor force to build cities. And do you know that one backbone of an economy or a growing economy is cheap labor? They turned them into slaves. America was built by cheap labor, by the way, a few centuries ago. That's why they had migrants there of Mexicans and Chinese. Migrants. So that they could have cheap labor. And every time cheap labor is disappearing, a country would look for another cheap labor. That's why we migrate all around the world. 
The taskmasters made them mix mortar and bricks and made them work the fields. However, the people of Israel still grew in number despite the busy schedule and the physical rigor. Husbands and wives, let me share to you right now that it is, it is God's will, it is holy to enjoy sex within marriage. Have as much as you can. Don't think it is evil, nor it is a sin. It is not a sin within marriage. It must be satisfying and fulfilling within marriage. You don't have to have babies though. This is amazing, you know. Maybe, you know, the king of Egypt. Sir, we tried everything we could. We kept the men busy, but still, every time they go home, they, they still go with their wives. And they have babies all the time. Kakaiba, know. It was like the Filipinos of the last generation. Kakaiba talaga. You know, we, 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 they work the fields and everything, and then... We still have what? Uh, a family of seven in my father's time was actually a, a small family. That was seven. And I hear of 12 and 14. I even hum, ha, heard some having 18. I said, wow. Uh, some would say, I have a basketball team. That doesn't mean five. It means five and five reserve. That means 10. Oh. Uh, now, it's, it's rare nowadays, uh, meetings, uh, us here, we have three, we have four. Uh, if somebody has five here, oh, big family, huh? five. In those days, that was small family. The U.S., you have two, it's just right. If you have none, well, that's the new trend today. Yeah? It's called, the, it's called the oink. The oink, when two people get married and they plan only one kid. It's, uh, well, no kids. It's one income, no kids. Oink. So one of them work, one of them doesn't, so that's an oink. And, and some apply the dink. Uh, double income, no kids. And, and that seems to be a trend. Uh, most people don't plan families in this day and age, especially the West. They, they plan careers, not families. Uh, but here in the Philippines, at least, I praise God that we're still in the baby-making business. Amen? And uh, please do so. Go and multiply. <clears throat> if you cannot multiply because of, of something medical, I encourage you, adopt. And grow them as your own. That's one way of expressing unconditional love. But we are able to nurture and mentor a next generation. Despite the physical rigor and the busy schedule, still they made a lot of babies. That was God's plan. It was God's plan. Yeah, because it's God's plan to make them a mighty nation. They will be going to war. They had to have many babies. So I believe it was God-inspired. The making of babies during this time was God-inspired, and they kept growing and growing and growing. 
then they could not stop it. Then the new king instructed the Egyptian midwives to kill the baby boys. Kill the baby boys. But the midwives feared God and made an excuse to the king. That the Israelite women are strong and they give birth before they arrive. The scheme wasn't working. Therefore, the king ordered all baby boys to be thrown into the river. First, he was dealing craftily with them, but now he had to commit murder to stop the next generation, to stop the growth of the next generation. In these days, there are pharaohs like this today, although it is in the form of abortion laws. In certain countries, abortion is legal. You're legal to abort your kid even if they were nine months old already in the womb. They're practically alive. What is our belief here? Once the sperm and the egg join, there is life. But before they join, we don't mind what contraceptives you use. Because some teach any form of contraceptive is evil. I don't believe that. But once there is life, you cannot destroy that life anymore. That life belongs to God. Well, this was the introduction of Exodus. The background is painted. Israel would suffer. And they would call on God. And that was what God would wait for. A call, a heart call from Israel to call on him to save them. And God would hear that call and call a person named Moses. Moses would be a prominent figure in the deliverance of Israel. Which proves something that God uses people to fulfill his will on earth. God uses imperfect human beings that his will will be accomplished on earth. What can we learn and what can we apply? Application. Well, expect God's blessing or blessings. Israel was blessed with numbers, but also expect people to be threatened by the blessing. They were blessed in number. God was blessing them, but the new king was threatened. That's why sometimes, friends, when we are blessed, we have to learn how to humbly share the blessing. Amen? Can you say humbly? Share. share. So humbly share. Okay? When you are blessed, when I say share, when you tell people about it, be humble about the blessing. Why? Because others might be threatened. Human nature, jealousy and envy. Or maybe that's what you want. Maybe that's the effect you want. So that they would be envious of you. And they would clap their hands. Galing mo. But once we learn humility and say, through God's grace alone. Truly say it in the heart. Not just with the lips. <laughs> by God's grace alone. <laughs> uh, God's grace. Glory to God. Glory to God. Kita mo score ko? Truly in the heart to really give glory only to Him. Does God give you skills? Yes. We admit that. 
God gave me certain skills and I praise God for that. But every victory made through those skills only belongs to God. The glory only belongs to God. I, I scored perfect. How about you? Hmm? Oh, oh uh, I, I made this huge check last week. Huh? Uh, I won salesman of the year. Huh? Uh, did you win anything? Be careful. When your children achieve something, give glory to God. Don't need to wave it. You don't need to post everything. You know why? People like this might want to destroy you. They're everywhere. They would want to pull you down and hurt you. Because emotionally, they didn't make it. They didn't make it. They're emotionally hurt if somebody else made it. That's very subtle sometimes. You don't know. You know, I, I, I don't, I'm not such a boxing fan, but I like boxing. But when Manny Pacquiao came and won, when I saw the humble demeanor, every time he wins, when he is asked, he just says, before a fight, I said, I cannot really predict a fight, but I'll, I'll try to stop him. I'll try to knock him down, but I'll, I'll do my best. Uh, I don't want to talk. Let me just practice. See, I said, wow, okay. For me, that's wow. Opposite certain cultures that would brag about how great they are. Here, Israel wasn't even bragging. They just kept growing. So what would you expect? There are blessings that you're not even bragging and people will be threatened by it. So, do you still want to be blessed? Of course. Gee, it's a crazy doctrine when you say, don't be blessed because people will be threatened. Like, don't achieve great things because kawawa naman yung iba. What? They don't define us. God has a purpose for our lives. We focus on God's purpose for our lives. But we give glory only to Him. Now, please be careful as well with people in authority. Do you have a boss? You know, one rule that I apply is to always make my boss look good. You hear me? If you have a boss, make them look good. Don't take the spotlight, but let him deeply appreciate you in his heart. Because he has the power to promote you or demote you. Correct? So one rule, do not outshine the king. Do not outshine the boss. But you keep working. Slowly, steadily. Allow God to bless you. So expect others to be threatened. And some of them might take action to destroy you. All right? Familiar? But some of you are very, very quiet. 
were you the one jealous or you were the one that was blessed? Uh, which one are you in the fence? Are you the Pharaoh here killing other people who are blessed? Or are you the one blessed or both? So reflect on your heart and say, forgive me, Lord, for feeling so bad. For feeling so bad in our reunion. The ugliest girl in school is now the prettiest. Forgive me, Lord, for hating her. Forgive me, Lord, for I bullied so many. And then the, the, the person we bullied the most is the most successful in the reunion. We feel so much shame. Hey, but we all make mistakes, right? What we do is, God, forgive me of my sin. Change me. Uh, but make this thing true in our lives. Whenever other people are blessed, let's just be happy for them. Okay? You just say, amen, praise God, you, you are blessed, you know, oh, oh, I heard the news, you are so blessed, and don't rub it in if they're struggling. Some of you are so good at adding insult to injury, right? You, you know what you call it, rubbing it in, it's like a person gets cut here and you rub salt there, right? It's called rubbing it in, no, don't rub it in, that's a term, don't rub it in. So yeah, he failed math. You don't say, so I heard you failed math. He knows that already. <laughs> don't repeat it. You just say, slightly, any way I can help you, just let me know. That's the best way to approach it. You're helping. Okay? Amen? All right. Praise God. Hallelujah, right? Don't rub it in. Okay? Don't rub it in your pastor. I know I'm losing hair, okay? Don't rub it in. I know it. Gee. You think I don't step on the weighing scale every day? I do that every day. I know if I gained or not. Don't tell me the obvious. Pastor, you gained weight. Uh, tell me something new, okay? I know that already. Tell me something about my back because I don't check my back. Some of you think you, you made a great discovery and you tell people, hey, have you heard about gravity? Oh, everybody knows about gravity. Here, let me prove it to you. Okay, so <laughs> they know, so stop stating the obvious. So the best is to be quiet until we have something wise to say. Amen? Number two, expect God's continued blessing even if you are undergoing hardships. Yes, expect. Number two, God's continued blessing. Expect, have faith that God will continue to bless us even though there's hardship. Sometimes we focus on the hardship and we miss the blessing. You see, maybe Israel didn't see that they're being blessed with so many relatives. Huh? So many people, they're becoming a nation Maybe not everybody sees that, that blessing, but they're only focused on what? The hardship. Yes, hardship is part of life on earth. Welcome to the club. Welcome to earth. Not everybody's going to like you. You have to work for a lot of things to prove yourself. Welcome to earth. Even if you were born of privilege, you still have to prove something. Welcome to earth. 
But we have to see that God has blessed us and focus on that blessing. Thank you, Lord, I am blessed. Even though we know there are hardships, even though we're going to lose people, they've lost their babies. But God would build them to be a nation. But one would be saved and that one will deliver them. But for a season, many would die. You know the parallel here in the New Testament? When Jesus was born, Herod wanted to kill all the babies and he did. God warned them, warned Joseph. So uh, expect hardships even though there is blessing. What we need is patience. Can you say patience? Yes, patience. Patience. God's deliverance will come. Yes, I know we are suffering. And there are different backgrounds here. But I haven't heard the worst yet. None here, I would say, is worse than the others I have heard before. I've been listening to problems for around 30 years. I have heard problems. So far, not terrible ones here. Oh, some of you, are, it's really bad, I know. But I want to put you in perspective. You are alive, you breathe, your skin is still attached to you. Some have lost their skin, they were burned uh, through persecution. You still are blessed. So I say to you, friends, let us grow up in the Lord. And learn to overcome the previous hardships. And still say, thank you, Lord. It may not be perfect, but I am blessed. Amen? It's not perfect, but you are blessed. Never get trapped to the way of the world. The ways of the world is what? It's never enough. No, the ways of the world, never enough. I have a problem. What's your problem? I don't, I don't have a means of transportation. Oh, there's the jeepney and there's a tricycle. And maybe you can buy a bicycle that's cheaper. But for him, it's a problem. Then God blesses him with a motorcycle. Then after a while, he says, there's another problem. What's your problem? I don't have a car. Okay, why don't you just pray that you may have a car? Uh, but you're already blessed by a motorcycle. Oh, but it's not safe. Okay, then you pray. Then you have a car. Praise God, you have a car. A used car that you bought from one of the brothers here. A used car and somehow that car was bringing you from point A to point B and to point C. However, you say, but pastor, I need a better car because every time I use the car that came from this brother, I have to pray so that I would survive. I believe it's only my praying that's keeping the car together. So everything you hear is something, Lord, Lord, in Jesus' name. And then until you reach your destination and you're happy to be alive. But God has a purpose. Your prayer life improved during that time. Then God gives you a new car and now brand new car. But simple car, but brand new. Then you're happy for a while. Then after a while, you're no longer happy. And you're praying, Lord, I need a, a better car than this. Now you start demanding. You've been watching these prosperity preachers that show no respect to God. Demanding from God. How dare you? 
we come humbly to God and say, we ask if it is thy will. If it is not, we are happy with what you give us. I always say, be careful what you own, because what you own will own you. My parents, at the height of their success, from poverty to success, my mother, savvy real estate agent, until today, blessed by God. And uh, he wanted to bless his only son, but she was also a businesswoman, so she wanted to build and sell, build and sell, you know? She's in real estate, she buys and sells and builds and sells, so she said, I'll build you a house. Then maybe we'll sell it if, some, if the price is right. So I'm happy. Go ahead. Build a house. And after she built the house, it was such a big house. You know what happens if you have a big house and you're, you're a young guy with your small salary just starting in life. And you have a very big house. You know what happens? You cannot maintain it. You need somebody to cut the grass. You'll end up cutting the grass. That's all you do because the garden was quite big. And after two years, you, with so many lights on the house, so many bright lights and one light flickers. Tuk, 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 another light flickers. Then every week, I have to buy bulbs every week so that I don't look like a disco house. So I have to buy every week. So, How? How my money? I'm losing all my money just replacing these things. And... and uh, what you own gets to own you. Do not dream what you see on TV. See what God has planned for you and be happy. Amen? Oh, dear Lord. There will be hardships, but don't forget there are many blessings. Sometimes a house just right is more of a blessing. Amen? Well, what if you are blessed with so many, so much money? Grow it, keep it, bless somebody with it, but don't overuse it just to show off. You see, God will send help. Number three, trust God if you lose precious people or things you hold dear. And it might get worse before it gets better. It might get worse before it gets better. It's going to get worse for them as we're going to study the book. It's going to get worse before it gets better. And number four, the oppression of Egypt is like the oppression of sin to our souls. That is the parallel. That is the type, the typology. The preparation of the New Testament message has a parallel in the old. And one thing for clear, Egypt is like the world oppressing us and making us sin. Sin oppresses the soul. Sin destroys the soul. It destroys the mind. It can destroy relationship. But if we have faith in Christ, we shall be delivered. If we have faith in Christ, as Israel will be delivered, so we shall be Delivered in Christ. God is good. Remember, Jesus is our deliverer. Moses would be their deliverer. Today, Jesus is our deliverer. 
What is God doing in the whole thing? Preparing his people to become a nation. So that one day Christ would be born through the descendant of Israel. Because everything must be prepared. Nothing is rushed. Saviors, Jesus, God did not just say, oh, Adam, you said, let me send the Savior. He had to prepare so that we would appreciate what the Savior would do. You, you think they would appreciate the deliverance, Israel? Unless they have suffered Sometimes we suffer so we understand how good God is. Please do not view suffering as negative. Sometimes it's suffering that strengthens us. It's suffering sometimes that toughens us. That matures our emotions until we don't feel a thing anymore. Until you're so offended until you can't be offended anymore. Isn't that wonderful? Are you there? I hope you're there. That you have matured to a point that a word against you or what doesn't affect you anymore. Let them speak their mind if they want, but that doesn't affect me. I will not be controlled by your words or your thoughts. God has a calling for my life and I shall fulfill it. Let us all rise and let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, there are hardships, but allow us to see the blessing. We may not see everything yet with what you are doing. You were preparing Israel to become a mighty nation. Yet at this time, they would not see it, but they would be persecuted. They would be harassed. There might be times, Lord, this could happen to us in life. We may not see everything that you are doing, but we trust that you are working. We trust that you are doing something in our lives. We trust that you are doing something in our families. We trust that you are doing something, Lord. Your purpose and plan is being unfolded in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. And God's people say, Amen. God bless you. Palakpakan natin si Lord.